Hi, this is Nathan Owens from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Tuesday evening at 7.30, we have a live call-in program discussing real-life issues from the Caribbean. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You're listening to That's Truth, a live call-in program with Dr. David Murphy, designed to answer your questions biblically in this confusing culture. Dr. Murphy has over 30 years of counseling and ministry experience here in the Caribbean and is ready to answer your questions according to truth. Good evening and welcome to That's Truth. I'm Nathan Owens, and as usual, I'm joined in the studio by past, with Pastor Dr. David Murphy. Good evening, Pastor Murphy. Good evening. I'm glad to be here again tonight. Before we get to our topic this evening, I've got two things to remind you of. First of all, let me remind you to call someone or message them. Let them know that That's Truth is live on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Encourage them to tune into the Radio Lighthouse. And secondly, this is an interactive program. We want your involvement. We desire your involvement, and we look forward to it. Our topic this evening on That's Truth is pornography. And now before you say, oh, I don't have a problem with that, or that's going to be an uncomfortable conversation, let me go turn the radio off. Let me stop you, and let me encourage you. You may not have a problem with it right now, but listen. You can listen this evening, and things that you hear this evening will help you to fight that temptation if it ever comes your way. You may not have a problem with porn, but you will likely meet someone at some point who will open up to you and admit that they do. And things that are discussed this evening will allow you to encourage your friend or your acquaintance to overcome their battle with pornography. What is pornography? For the sake of our discussion this evening, pornography is anything printed or visual material containing the explicit description or display of sexual organs or activity intended to stimulate sexual excitement. Pastor, is porn really a problem? How prevalent is it? I think it's probably the biggest problem that the churches face, and I think it, not only the church, but I think it's the biggest problem that society faces today, this matter of pornography. Um, the statistics are very, very grim about this problem. Um, I am told that uh, about 60 million people per month uh, engage in this matter. In other words, one-fourth of people who use the Internet are somehow involved in, in some form of pornography. Uh, I'm told that uh, one-third of those visitors who visit porn sites are women. I'm told that... Uh, that's a lot higher uh, than I would have expected. Uh, yeah, but that's a surprise. That's a surprise. Men, uh, you, People normally think that pornography is a, a male problem, yeah. but basically it's pervasive. It has left the periphery of society as now mainstream. Both male and female, both young and old, have become addicted to it. Um, the other factor that I think is uh, of significance is that 40% of the clergy um, acknowledge that they visit porn sites. 40%. 40%. 40. That's a staggering figure. Mm. Uh, these are 
um, the, the one, for example, the 40% came from Christianity Today that did a survey in 2000. Now, I don't know if that has grown in proportion, probably has. But that gives you an, an idea of the extent of the problem. Um, so we have a massive problem on our hand, uh, both inside the church and outside the church. I, I think I might have mentioned this, but I was in the bank uh, a few months ago, um, several months ago, and I was waiting in line, and I was kind of becoming restless, and I saw this young lady in front of me, and I just happened to view over her shoulder, and here was it in broad daylight, and I could see it was it was pornography, raw pornography. Hmm. Uh, and the thing about it, her mom was right there, but her mom had no clue what the girl was watching on the on the cell phone. On the cell phone, yeah. yeah. It's a big problem, a massive problem. Yeah, I was reading some statistics, and the thing that just blew me away was that, and this is from one particular pornographic website, they stated that in the year 2017, every single second, the year 2017, there were 1,000 visitors tuning into their website and that that just staggered me to think that it's that big of a problem and it's not just a caribbean problem it's not just in the united states it's a global industry and a global problem yeah i was at a conference recently that was held in the multipurpose center and there was a visiting speaker from jamaica and i remember that in the process a gentleman got up um, who was not the, the lecturer, but he got up and he made some statements that I, I stood there and almost um, was shocked. But he, he said that he knew of cases where there were pastors who were advising, uh, counseling people to use porn within their marriage. Uh, and I, I could not believe that that was possible. Um, I feel a person who does that ought to be defrocked. I don't think any man worthy of his calling of God would encourage um, any person to be engaged in pornography. So I, I, I confronted him afterwards and asked him, are you sure what you're saying is correct? And he, he affirmed that he knew of cases like that. Wow. And that totally surprised me. One other statistic that I want to share. In 2017, according to this study, 75% of viewers of pornography were on their mobile devices. And I share that because it ties in with what you were sharing yeah, your yeah, experience yeah. at the bank with the young lady. Yeah, I think parents in particular, when we come to deal with how to deal with porn, your child just needs a phone to call you and to, call and, uh, to receive a call. They don't need all this visual access. And uh, you are putting a loaded gun in your child's hand if you're giving them that, that capacity to be able to pick up the Internet on the cell phone. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of peer pressure that they want the same thing the other kids have got. But you got to be very, very careful that you manage your home and you make sure you put certain restrictions in that matter. Um, but I think it's a catastrophe. And, and, and I would like to say this. I don't think these young people uh, originally intend to get this thing. But this is the thing that pops up. And the moment this thing pops up, you ought to remember when you were younger, 13, 14, 15, 16, the sexual rage and passion that was there, it is now being exploited on a commercial level. And parents need to help their children by putting some things in place to, to prevent this eventuality. But I, I, I'm very, very leery of parents who just uh, give kids these access to these different mobile devices that have access to the Internet. I can guarantee um, that a lot of it um, encourages pornography. I was reading a study this afternoon that 
drew to the fact that the porn industry is trying to set that hook, trying to bait people, taking standard website addresses, changing one letter, like a misspelling, uh-huh. and that's one way that so many young people get hooked. They may not be looking for it, but they accidentally type the wrong misspelled word in the the search engine, and up pops a porno- pornographic yeah. website. Pornography is like an addiction, like drugs. Yeah. Once you get it into your system, it's very, very difficult to uh, extract. Uh, so it's a real growing problem, and I think we, I think it's destroying this generation. This generation becomes sexually turbocharged, and it's become sexually tur- turbocharged because of the level of pornography they're exposed to. I get concerned as well when I learn that the government give children the tablets yeah. uh, for education. I understand the purpose of that that we got to modernize. But I think they have to put some kind of a filtering system in those machines. Otherwise, I can, I can almost say that th- that is going to be used more extensively for pornography than it is for education. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a concern that I have, but I'm of the old school. And I really wish that the people in education, where we want to advance and give our people the best in terms of technology, we have to put things in place to safeguard our kids. I repeat. Go back to when you were 13 or 14 or 16 in your teenage years and uh, you had any kind of exposure even to a picture. Remember what that did to you. Now imagine that they can have this thing live. Uh, it is eating out, Videos. The so- yeah, yeah. It's eating out the soul of our young people. Now you mentioned that it would be the tablets would be used more for pornography than for education. But there are those out there who would say pornography is education. How would you respond to that? That must be a, an expression of insanity. How can anybody believe that pornography is education? Um, from a Christian perspective, for sure, that is a no-no. Our, our Lord himself says, if you look upon a woman and lust after her, because pornography is designed to stimulate sexual lust. That's what it, That's the whole purpose of it. It has no uh, artistic properties. Uh, it has no uh, creative, positive creative force in it. It's, it's, a, it's a salacious uh, means of um, getting people in, addicted to this 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 um, this, this this lustful life, li- lifestyle, and um, I don't see any value in it whatsoever. And, and again, this is the, the for the time man sinned, God clothed man. Now, before there was sin, man was naked. The husband and his wife was naked. But the moment sin entered the picture, God clothed man. That shows you very, very clearly that uh, being able to see visually somebody in the nude uh, um, clearly is not God's intention. Again, we look at what God intended in a perfect society, in a perfect world where there is no sinful nature. It's not a problem. But the moment sin enters, we've got to be modest, we've got to be covered. And this idea of watching um, raw uh, nudity, uh, this is clearly wrong, and there's no real value in it in terms of being healthy for, for anybody, young people or older people. And you're listening to That's Truth. The voice that you're hearing answering these questions is that of Pastor Dr. David Murphy. Pastor Murphy, are there types of pornography, or, or is it just one category? Well, there are several categories of uh, pornography, um, six of them that have been identified. Um, of course, there's what you call the adult magazines that are used um, to, uh, to become purveyors of this, this, this uh, sordid stuff. Um, I'm not too sure if Playboy is still wrong. I've heard it had some problems since 
it was so readily available on the internet but I believe that penthouse is still around not that I see these things I know, know about yeah. them but um, that uh, that is one form of porn. and then there are the videos and the DVDs that you can rent uh, they're sold in most adult bookstores you can order them an email etc etc then there's a motion picture uh, form of it where they have it x-rated but you notice that the standard the x-rated standard is being relaxed somewhat and things that uh, things even some of the G that rated G for general um, pornography enters so there's been a relaxing on this matter and then of course there's the television and cable television I think in Antigua uh, outside the the um, the internet, I think cable television is probably the the greatest threat to Christian morality in this country. Um, the pictures that can be seen, even when you do buy cable and you exclude adult um, cable cable networks. They're always pushing something in there, and if you're going through the clicking your your, your your remote control, if you're not very careful, it can catch you. And I think that is a deliberate ploy on the part of those who operate the cable television in Antigua to get people hooked on, on, on pornography, and I really think it's a serious problem. Uh, and then the there's audio porn, where you can dial a porn, and um, I'm told that's the fastest growing market on pornography. And then, of course, the cyber porn. This is where you can actually see live acts and explicit images. And uh, I'm told that there are over one million commercial pornography sites that are available to the public. One million. One million. See? Shocking. Porn is money. Uh, the last statistics I had, it was about a $10 billion industry, uh, per year industry. So the purveyors of pornography... It's the profit motive, and they push sex in order to increase the profit line. Uh, as the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. And clearly, this is an incident of this matter. In 2015, NBC did a study, and it was a $97 billion industry. Well, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> 2015, so I'm sure that has only grown, but $97 billion in a year, that's, that's larger than a lot of countries economies that's huge it's probably more than all the caribbean countries together basically but that gives you an idea of how profitable this commercial enterprise is all about and it's exploiting the weakness of people and using sex as a tool and in the process not only denuding the morality of the, the island and the countries but it's also destroying marriages destroying homes and it's injecting a thought pattern in the minds of, of young people as to what is normal sex uh, which is a total distortion today so this is a serious problem and the sewage needs to stop we need to turn off the spigot and uh, get rid of the sewage question that came in via whatsapp message from Antigua is watching pornography the same as adultery? Well, if you take the words of Jesus in Matthew, I think it's Matthew chapter two, uh, 5, whosoever looketh on a woman and lust after her commit of adultery. It is very, very clear that if you're watching uh, a woman, a, 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 a pornography, uh, whether a, a man or woman doing sexual acts or you're looking at a naked woman or a naked man, and it's evoking lust out of you, of course it's adultery. Uh, this is the point that Jesus made, that, that uh, sexual sin is not just something that's an act. It has to do with a mindset, an attitude, a, a way of thinking. And sin is not just the act itself. It has to do with the thought. Uh, 
That is, that is why when people say that if we could just uh, get everybody obeying the Sermon on the Mount, we'd be okay. <laughs> they don't understand what the Sermon on the Mount is, believe you me. It's far more profound and far deeper than the Ten Commandments because it deals with the actual desires and the thinking as opposed to the outward act. So there's no question in my mind that a person who watches porn and is stimulated sexually, that's adultery. You're listening to That's Truth on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Pastor, a couple minutes ago, you mentioned that pornography is a very financially profitable business. But at what cost? What are the effects of pornography? I think if the public, I, I'm not too sure if it would really matter to the public, but it should be of great concern to the, the, the Christian when you consider the devastating negative effects that porn has uh, on society in its totality. Um, I want to draw your attention to several studies that were done to give you an idea of where pornography leads us. Uh, a study was done by this, um, the University of Wisconsin. The psychologist there was Edward uh, Donerston, and uh, he wanted to see what brief exposure to violent forms of porn, uh, how it would affect behavior. And uh, after doing the, the study and the research, they found that people who are exposed to pornography uh, tend to become aggressive towards women. Uh, they're less responsive towards the suffering and the pain of rape victims. And they're more willing to accept the myths about rape, like she wanted it, as opposed to that is being, a man is being aggressive want to control her. The other research uh, that has been done uh, to show that it can produce um, rape, um, the desire, um, sexual coercion. It also increases sexual fantasies. It desensitizes people to the idea of sexual violence, and it really trivializes rape. Uh, another study done by uh, the University of Canada, uh, York University in Canada, and the, the guy there that did it was um, James Chick. Uh, he conducted an experiment to see uh, if you expose people to different levels of pornography, what kind of impact it would have. He discovered that all groups, whether uh, what are the level of pornography they're exposed to, exhibit the same shift in attitude, where there's a higher inclination to force, to use force in sexual acts itself. So it, it, it creates uh, violence towards women. Um, Another research. Um, Would you say that that's part of the reason that there's more and more violence toward women in society? Yeah, yeah I'm coming to that okay. because I'm going to give you some FBI statistics and some um, investigation that was done on sexual assault cases. Let me just mention that very quickly to you. Uh, in the Michigan State uh, Police Detective uh, Daryl Pope, they found out that 41% of the 38,000 cases of sexual assault in Michigan from 1956 to 1979 the perpetrators had viewed pornography material just before and during the crime itself. Um, there is also the case with the, um, the FBI um, where they have linked um, um, serial killers and serial rapists. Uh, in 80% of the cases, both serial killers and serial rapists, uh, just before they committed the acts, uh, use pornography to stimulate them in the whole process. So there's no doubt about it that the, the more pornography that society is exposed to, not only will you find violent acts of sex within the, 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 the marriage itself, because 
it, it creates a desire for some more esoteric sex. It, no level of sex is satisfied within the marriage as long as the person is hooked on pornography. They want new position, new poses. They want n- new forms of it. Today you've got oral sex, you've got anal sex, you've got group sex, you've got everything. It leads down a deviant path of perversion, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And the people that suffer most in this, by the way, are women because they are now objectified as just pure sex objects. So when a person meets a stranger, he's not meeting a person. He's meeting a person who can just satisfy his lust and his desires. And that's the kind of attitude, exposure to sexuality done. The other thing about it, of course, is that uh, the matter of uh, impotence, mm-hmm. the, the level of impotence now, among, especially among young men, it, it used to be that... Um, People, men between 40 and plus were having problems with impotence and erection. Mm-hmm. Now they're finding that young men in their early 20s and late 20s uh, virtually become so jaded that they can't function. And you're saying that's because of pornography? Of course it is. Of course it is. The other thing about it that... Uh, now here's the irony of it. They turn to pornography to get sexually stimulated. Yeah. But the pornography now has led to the point where the capacity to function is diminished. It's called the law of diminishing returns. The more of something you do, the less satisfaction you get out of it. And that's what's been happening to pornography. So is it almost as if their brain is being reprogrammed then? Not only being reprogrammed, but I think it's it's being jaded. It's completely um, um, exhausted. right? And I think that uh, if you just take anything you do, anything you do, the more you do of it and the more uh, extreme forms of it, the more it takes now, the more extreme it takes. You need more. and It's like a drug, as I said. The same high you got when you had your first spliff, you now have to take maybe five and six and maybe seven to get the spliff you had. And the problem with, with sex is that you always want to get that, 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 that premier um, experience you had at first. So you keep trying and trying and trying and trying. You've got to go from one extreme to the other until sex becomes... Worthless. Hmm. It, it no longer has any meaning. And uh, that's where we're headed. And that's why, for example, uh, married people who involve getting themselves involved in pornography uh, inevitably will destroy the marriage. Got a question right along that path that has come in from the village of All Saints in Antigua. Thank you for the individual that sent it. Is it okay for a husband and wife to watch porn together to get some of the excitement in their sexual relationship? Again, take take the. uh, I'm assuming that this is the Christian asking this question, but again, I'm bamboozled that a Christian would ask such a question. I'll tell you why. If I'm watching somebody in an act of sex on on television or a video or a video or my whatever, I am looking at somebody who is stimulating me. What did Jesus say about that? It's supposed to be if you look at a woman, yeah, but not. But if you look at a woman and desire her, she's not your wife. She's or man. You desire. You, you've committed adultery. Yeah. So pornography is actually act of adultery. Uh, and I don't. I, I wish Christians would get serious about the scriptures and take the Bible literally and and get into the the the, the depth of the Bible. Um, that is not the answer. And I would almost suggest to any person that goes down that line, what you will eventually discover if you go that line with pornography, that you're going to end up in extreme forms of degradation in terms of trying to get this new stimulus. Into it. It, it gets worse and worse. 
The only way you will ever have meaningful sex is within a relationship, a close relationship. Uh, and people are trying to find... Let me put it this way. Uh, as one book said, people are today are more uh, exercising recreational sex than re- relational sex. Hmm. Uh, wow. So that, that is part of the main problem. Another question that came in via WhatsApp from Antigua. Is masturbation a sin? Of course it is. Again, I was at the f- a function recently in the um, the multipurpose center, and we had a visiting speaker. And I got the I was totally shocked when I heard him su- even suggest that a nothing wrong with a husband visualizing his wife and masturbating if she can't is not there to meet his needs. Look, sex was never de- designed for self satisfaction. It is all in the context of a dual relationship. So for for a person to self-stimulate, to experience the sexual ecstasy, is wrong because it was never God's intention. We always have to go back to what is God's intent to understand which path we're traveling. And for a person to to masturbate, you are actually self-focused, and sex is never designed to be self-focused. It's always to be meeting the needs of the other person, that person meet your needs. It's a mutual uh, relationship out of which sex comes. And it's about mutual satisfaction. It's not about I being satisfied at the expense of my wife or my wife being satisfied at the expense of her husband. It's that both of them trying to satisfy each other's legitimate sexual needs. But masturbation is wrong, definitely wrong. No question about that. I've got one more question for you, and then I want to focus on how do we address those that are addicted to pornography? How do we address the issue? But before we do... Is the process of it becoming addicted to pornography, is it a process or is it just like a one-time, bam, the hook is set? Uh, are there steps to the addiction of pornography? One person did a study on that and uh, they've given um, exactly how we become addicted to this um, this whole matter of pornography. And I want to share you the five steps that are generally recognized of how we become addicted to pornography and get hooked on it. The first thing it has to do with exposure. Uh, We will not become addicted unless we expose. And that is where uh, you've got to try to turn off the spigot before the spigot enters your house or enters your mind. But once you are exposed to it, uh, uh, your brain is stimulated and uh, there is... Um, a biopsychological chemical chemistry that goes on that I leave that for the domain of the, the medical doctors etc etc but the whole idea is that once that uh, pleasure part of you are stimulated uh, certain opioids are released which create the desire and the desire keeps coming back but the first thing you have to do is you ha- it, it begins with exposure secondly it has to do with repeat repeated use uh, you keep coming back for more. Uh, as I said, it's like a drug. Uh, you want a new sexual high. Thirdly, it leads to escalation, where the previous sexual high becomes more difficult to attain. So the user now begins to look for more exotic forms of s- sexual behavior to bring that same stimulus they had before. So you've got the exposure. You've got the repeated use. You've got this escalating. Then you've got what is called desensitization. Uh what initially shocked you uh, now becomes totally routine. 
the first time you saw it, you, you were repulsed and you were convicted, you felt guilty, uh, it bothered you, your conscience was pricked, but now you become so desensitized that it's, it's normal routine stuff. There's no longer conviction, there's no longer botheration. And then uh, the shocking, disgusting sexual acts or behavior are no longer avoided. Things that you would never thought you would have done before, you now begin to engage in. And it doesn't matter how much pain or how much degradation uh, uh, is there, the pursuit of the next higher experience becomes the norm. And then finally, is when you begin to act out your sexual fantasies. And this is where you begin to do exactly what you see done on, on, uh, in, in porn. You might have been restrained before, but eventually it leads you to the path where you now begin to act out those sexual fantasies. And this is where uh, you end up with people who become serial rapists and uh, serial murderers. Um, this is where this eventually leads. So those are the, the actual five steps that lead down this, this path of addiction. Question that came in, very practical question. Does my struggle with porn disqualify me from Christian service? It depends. It depends. I would say that because all of us struggle with some sin of some sort. Um, there is such a thing called a besetting sin. Um, my besetting sin would not your your besetting sin. We all have a different differently makeup, and we've got different different um, sexual issues that um, try to dominate our lives. As a matter of fact, I've said this several times in in my church that normally when a person gets saved. What keeps that person from getting saved all the time is that besetting sin, that 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 addiction sin. That might be cigarettes, it might be sex, it might be homosexuality, it might be drinking, it might be uh, uh, prevarication, it might be you know all of it. But it's a, a particular predominating sin that that person doesn't want to get get um, release, yeah. get freedom from. Generally speaking, when God brings you to faith in Him and conversion, it's that sin He targets and asks you, are you willing to surrender that? And that is where I am convinced that this whole matter of conversion, people need to understand what it's all about. When you get saved, you are liberated. And hopefully, you understand that you are liberated from that besetting sin that you once had. Does that mean I'll never struggle with it uh, No, there's another point I want to make. What you'll discover you're going in your Christian life, that you've gained victory over this thing. But this same besetting sin that dominated your life in your early years, as you get older, for some reason, inexplicable, it surfaces again. And what you thought you had the victory over, it now begins to tangle you again. So it's a constant warfare in this matter. Now coming back to the question of pornography, um, I think it's a judgment call. If I, um, if I was a pastor and a, I had a youth leader who came to me and said to me, Pastor, I have a serious problem with porn and, and lust. And if he was my youth leader, I would kindly ask him to remove himself from that position, uh, howbeit this is a private matter between us, I would not expose it to the church, it's a private matter, but I was certainly would not want him to be engaged in activities with our young people if that is dominating his life because he's exposing himself to temptation. It's better that he move, remove himself from that position, and if he works with females, let him work with males as opposed to females. You want to bring him out of that environment. Uh, so I think it lo a lot depends on the individual. 
and the extent of that problem. If it is a constant lusting after people in the congregation, I would say it would be the best thing to step down from a position of leadership, get along with God, wrestle with God, uh, get some kind of spiritual help and some counseling. There's a process you can work through. And, and, and then when you are delivered from that particular dominating uh, sin, then I think you'll be suitable now for, for ministry again. But I don't think you should keep yourself in that area of temptation where's your weakness. It's like me having a hand that I, I'm tempted to steal, but I go and work at the bank. Yes. And every day I'm dealing with money. I mean, I, I, it's, it's not helping me. It's not helping. I've got to cut it off, right? And that's why the Bible put putting off and putting on. You can't put on unless you put off. But you put it off comes first. And you don't if you don't put on, there's that void that's right. gonna be filled again. Exactly. Just wanted to share a statistic. I found in my research today that in pornography searches online in two thousand seventeen, according to this study, the most common topic related to incest. And that ties back to what you were stating that it doesn't just have a stop point, it becomes more and more disgusting, more and more uh, perverted. But you can see why. I mean, uh, sex is probably the premier gift that God has given to us. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it was designed, and that is why God had restricted a monogamous heterosexual relationship within marriage. He knew the dangers of it. As a matter of fact, there's a passage in Corinthians that Paul says that all sin that a man sins is outside the body but fornication is against the body. Yeah. And again, uh, I talked about the biopsychological uh, psychological factors involved in, in this whole matter of, of why pornography is so gripping. And again, I am told by the doctors and the psychologists that the release of certain hormones in the body stimulates the pleasure zone, and then by the continuous stimulating that pressure zone, it reinforces and reinforces and reinforces until it, it, uh, it almost becomes an intuitive act. Hmm. Uh, and they weren't and I, I have no doubt in my mind that's what God meant he knew that once this thing started it's designed for marriage that's why it keeps repeating itself but once you go outside marriage you've opened a Pandora's box that you have no control over basically so it puts your life in jeopardy it puts your morality in jeopardy that's why it's so serious so like almost every topic we discuss here on That's Truth you step outside of God's plan in scripture and it just goes downhill from there but we've got about 15 minutes left in the program pastor how can what words of advice or counsel do you have for those who are struggling with pornography how can they get relief from it okay let me before i do with that yeah. thing, I, I had this, some facts here that some statistics i want to draw your attention to uh i want to quote the uh, the fbi uh where it says that porn is found in 80 percent of the scenes of sexual sex crime, violent sex crime, 80% porn is involved, either before or during. And then also... Um, in today's day and age, I'm surprised they haven't sued the porn industry as <laughs> being complicit in like the, the, the cigarette industry. Yeah. And then in Louisville, uh, Kentucky, from 1980 to 1984, they did uh, examine 1,400 cases of sexual molestation of children. And they discovered that in... Those cases, in every case where there was sexual molestation of children, 1,400 cases, adult porn was connected in each case. 100% of the 100%. And child porn was connected in the majority of cases. See, Uh, It's frightening. And then uh, they did an extensive review with sex offenders. And um, 
this is rapists, uh, incest offenders, uh, child molesters. And it was revealed that in a sizable majority of those people, pornography was used to stimulate the act, either before or after. It's a serious, serious uh, problem. And um, pornography consumption is one of the most common profile characteristics to look for in serial murders. If it's, again, I want to get to the topic of, of how yeah. to deal with it, but but if if it's that big of an issue and the secular media or the secular world is acknowledging it, why why is it not being shut down? The, the problem we have in a democracy is where do you draw the line of freedom? Where does censure begin and where does it end? Okay. Unless you have moral police that try to regulate, and this is where you can't have a free-for-all in society. You, even within democracy, you must have freedom with form, and that's the biblical model. You've got freedom and you had form. From the Old Testament, you had the Ten Commandments, which was the form, but you had f- tremendous freedom within that form. Same thing with Christianity. You've got freedom, with the, but you've got Christian principles. The problem with society is now, how do we regulate freedom and yet maintain certain restrictions. And people are taught Christianity imposing its morality on the general public. When we, in all the Western countries, all the Western countries, the base of their constitutions, the base of their morality was always Judeo-Christian principles. But now we live in the post-Christian world. Uh, people are now moving away from Scripture. So the suggestion to try to impose censorship, which I think should happen, because you can't have anything beyond television. And I don't know if the censorship board here operates. I don't know if they have one. But clearly, if they do have one, it doesn't seem to be working properly. It's not working. But something needs to be done because the adults have always been responsible for protecting the young. And we are we are pretty much uh, surrendering that responsibility. And I think that that's the problem. Uh, to what extent do you limit freedom? And within the democracy... Uh, where does Christian principles play? And, and the, the whole question between the church and the state is never designed that you never had used a Christian influence. But that's the big big dilemma. And I don't think we... And then take commerce. Commerce is a big problem. I mean, in terms of you get revenue from porn sites that you allow them in, just that you gambling is a big one. I mean, the people that suffer most on the gambling is the poor. Uh, it, it's, the, it's the rich that always profit. But then why do you allow it? because of the revenue that is garnered from it. It boils down to the same thing that the Bible says again and again. The love of money is the root of all forms of evil. And I think that is true in relation to porn, uh, porn industry. You're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. The name of the program is That's Truth. Pastor Murphy, for the listener that says I'm struggling with pornography, I have tried to overcome it in my own power. I'm at a loss. Is there hope for me? Well, I think the, 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 if somebody said that, they've actually answered their own question. If you're trying to solve the porn problem in your own power, you, you'll never do it. It just will never happen. Uh, you're not strong enough for the addictive power of this, this, um, this, this thing that has hold on you. Let me just say to you that porn is just a symptom. Okay. It's just a symptom. I mean, the real problem is not... It, it, well, porn stimulates it, but it, it, porn cannot appeal to you unless there's something inside you that response to porn. I remember some years ago, uh, there was a um, counselor, uh, I think it was the dean of men of the school I went to, 
and he used to keep a um, I'm told he used to keep a um, a cup with a tea bag okay and the illustration he would constantly use when people come in and say somebody made me do this or something some circumstance you take out his cup put the tea bag and then pour hot water in it and the moment you pour the hot water it brings out what's already in the tea bag so the environment creates what's already there if there wasn't any tea in the tea bag, you could pour in water and nothing would come out. But the, and that's the thing you've got to realize, that when you're dealing with this whole matter, it's a symptom. The real problem is our sinful heart and our sinful nature. The heart needs to change. It was the master himself who says that out of the heart comes evil thoughts, fornication, adultery, extortion, lying, stealing, all of these it's the heart problem. So you've got to understand that if you really want to deal with this matter of porn, you've got to see porn for what it is. It is sin coming from an evil heart. And if you're not prepared to deal with that, I don't see how you will ever be rescued from it. So you've got to see it for what it is. In other words, you've got to acknowledge that this is a problem with you. What the, the porn does, it pulls out what's already in you, this salient desire, uh, salacious desire for, for, for uh, lustful desire. Second thing I would say after acknowledging the fact that this is sin, you need brokenness and repentance of some kind. Unless you are sorry and grieving and guilty and uh, are willing to acknowledge that this is wrong before God, I doubt there can be any little any help for you until you're willing to understand that this is sinful and you need uh, repentance as far as that is concerned. Uh, thirdly, you need to seek forgiveness. And you seek forgiveness both from, from God and if it's a husband, you need to seek forgiveness from your wife because it has certainly interfered with the intimacy between your relationship and you need to come clean with her. Then I would suggest to you you need to cut off the sewage. And what I mean by that you got to strangle the beast. You can never be delivered from pornography unless you're willing to let go of it. Whether you have to burn it or cancel it or, or, or bleach bit it or, or block it or, or smash it, whatever it is, you've got to cut off the sewage. So that means you have to deal with your computer. And some very practical things you have to do, uh, you can do. Um, if you're going to use a computer, if that's been the problem where your pornography comes, put it in a place, locate in a place where it's a public view. It's no longer in a private room where incognito you could be engaged in this kind of thing and it's so private, etc., etc. Uh, put it in a place where you would not be tempted to use it because you'd be embarrassed, etc. If you need to get internet filters, you might need to get internet filters to do that. Um, you might need to just um, avoid the temptation of going to a site that you're not familiar with. But unless you're going to take practical steps, you might need to get rid of the computer. You might need to get rid of the cell phone. How In today's day and age, though? Of course. Okay. Look, I have a cell phone, and every time I, I take it with me, people tell me it's ancient of days. It's, it's, it's very cumbersome. But I keep telling people, what's a phone for? To talk on. Yeah, it's to receive a message and send a message. Yeah. I don't need all of this garbage, right? Yeah. Don't need it. Just don't need it. But if it's a problem, I'm saying if you're real, Jesus said, look, if your hand offend you, cut, cut it, it off. off. Yeah. If your foot offend you, cut it off. If this is the means of destroying your Christianity and your morality and it's undermining your relationship with God, how serious are you? You might need to let it go. I think I may have mentioned on another occasion uh, a gentleman from overseas. 
I had I had a um, a software package it, and I was having some problems with it, and I emailed him uh, about the problem, and he wasn't getting a response. And I finally got frustrated. I looked for the telephone number on the uh, CD, and I called, and I said, you know, I've been trying to reach you. I mean, and he was very apologetic. Never forget this. Very apologetic. And this is what he told me. He told me that the computer and the internet destroyed his marriage. Hmm. He got involved in pornography until it, it took over his life, destroyed marriage. Now he's put his marriage back together. And the problem he was having was the computer. So while he is still employed at this particular place, he is trying to deal with those computer problems on the phone as opposed to the computer it's such a serious problem for him that he realizes that if he goes back to the computer the temptation is there for the pornography so he's avoided the computer now he's using the telephone that's the kind of drastic measures that are needed if we really really see again our Lord is very very clear whatever it takes you need to deal with it radically the other thing of course is to commit yourself um to find someone that you could hold you accountable, you need a friend to help you through this process. This is not be a, this is not for a lone ranger. Uh, you need someone who can mentor you and hold you accountable during the process. Find somebody you can trust, another believer, a pastor, friend, uh, old schoolmate that 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 you have a real interest in, but someone that can hold you accountable to call you every day and said, "Did you go on this website today?" Uh, once you know he's going to ask you those kind of questions, uh, it is likely that you'll feel so embarrassed that even if you've been, you have to admit. It comes to a point where you realize the folly of having to keep apologizing and apologizing. That kind of accountability assists you in moving away in the direction from pornography. And then, of course, tr- transformation of the mind. Uh, um, Romans. Be not transformed to this world, but be be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you need to have your mind renewed, and to do that, you need to get into the Word. David said, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee." Wherewithal shall a young, young man, man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy words. Yeah. So you need the Word of God. You need some good Christian music as well. By the way, uh, the type of music you listen to can stimulate your sexual desires as well, depending if you're watching, listen to hard rock or whatever. You might need to move away from that kind of music. And then, of course, some very good Christian books are available. And I would also um, remind you that, according to Peter, uh, we are told to abstain from the very appearance of evil, and uh, we are told that uh, not to make provision for the flesh. So, you've got You've got CDs that you once used to watch. You've got books and magazines that you had under the bed or you got them locked away somewhere. It's time to bring them out and burn them and destroy them and get rid of them. As long as they're there, it's like you're sweeping dust under the rug. Nobody can see it, but you know it's there. It's going to bother you, and eventually it can work its way out in your life, etc. Now, as I was preparing for this program, I came across someone who said, wouldn't the Song of Solomon be pornographic? You Christians are just hypocrites. How do you respond to that? If you read the book of Solomon, um, there are some very erotic expressions and um, there in the book of Solomon, but it's done in a very modest way. 
it, it is not. And, and then again, it, it, there's no extreme extreme involved there. This is this is the expression of sexual love between a husband and a wife, and this is becoming a, a showing us what a model. Uh, relationship should be should exist between a husband and a wife. So this is not, this is God. By the way, remember that man did not invent sex. Sex is God's gift uh, to man. So clearly, if 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 sex is God's gift to man, uh, God wants us to understand what that kind of relationship, that intimacy, should be like. And therefore, there's nothing wrong in the same God that gave us sex for the same God to give us a book that shows us uh, exactly how. Sexual expression should be done within the context of marriage. Completely something different altogether. One of the arguments that I saw for pornography was when you're hungry, you eat. When you're thirsty, you drink. When you desire sex, go to pornography. It's a human desire. We're created that way. Yeah, no, no question that we are created sexual beings. But uh, also remember that the same God that gave you those desires, the same God that set the parameters for which those desires must be expressed. And also remember that we are told that one of the great characteristics of the being uh, controlled by the Spirit is self-control. We have to exercise self-control. And in the areas of sexuality, clearly, that is something that we need to exercise. So it's because I can drink. I don't, I mean, I don't go to excess in drinking. But I live within the parameter of what God says about drinking, what God says about uh, sex, what God says about any other issue. I live within the parameters that God has set for me, and I must exercise control. And if I don't have control uh, to uh, to exercise restraint, I draw on His power and I draw on the power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to help me to be obedient to God. Pastor Murphy, real quickly, if I am aware of someone who is struggling with pornography, how do you suggest that I encourage them or approach the topic? Well, I think you need to ask God for wisdom. Uh, of, they all depend on the circumstances. But clearly, if you're aware of it, uh, something ought to be done. And if it's a good friend, I think you need to approach that person and you may need to work with them, or you might need to advise them to seek help from other, another pastor and a more senior person. But to, to know it's happening and doing nothing about it, it only exacerbates the problem. It doesn't assist the person in solving the problem. And we must be problem solvers. Thank you for your interaction on That's Truth tonight. Be sure you tune in again next week, same place, same time, for another very practical topic. Thank you for joining us for today's program. We pray that the Holy Spirit uses the truths shared from God's Word to strengthen your faith. Now you've heard it. That's truth. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear more answers to life's questions on That's Truth. Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kHz AM or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time.